Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Last weekend, we spoke about that uh, in order to qualify as a candidate for a liver transplantation, anyone living with alcoholism in certain jurisdictions, but for our conversation purposes last week, it was in the province of Ontario, but I believe it's the same across the country and in many other jurisdictions internationally. But in order to qualify to get on a list for organ transplantation, liver transplantation, anyone who has an alcohol addiction must be proven to have abstained from alcohol for six months. So during that six-month period, you're being tested constantly, and if you show up with any alcohol in your system, you've disqualified yourself from getting on the list for consideration for an organ transplant for a liver. Uh, People have died because of this, and there have been lawsuits. Two cases in particular were taken to court, one by the widow of a man who died during that six-month period, another uh, by the mother of her son who died during that six-month period. There is a pilot program, which I understand from Information Health, Ontario Health Information, there is a pilot program which evaluates some candidates during that six-month period to see whether they could be uh, speeded up in the process. But most fundamentally, it is a six-month wait, six-month total abstinence from alcohol, and you're tested regularly before you can get on the list for a transplantation. Now, uh, Nick from Toronto uh, got in touch with me last uh, week, early in the week. He has a family member who died during exactly those circumstances, experiencing a six-month abstinence from alcohol, but he died much sooner than the six-month period. Nick, thank you very much for coming on the program. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. This must have uh, absolutely just um, reverberated with you in a very, very personal way. What memories did it did it bring back for you most directly? Um, yeah, I mean, um, the individual was a family friend. Uh, this is going back about five years. Um, he, I, I'd known him for, for 15 years, um, really great guy. Um, he, you know, we, we used to hang out in the evenings, watch hockey. Um, I lived with him for a bit, uh, while I was working, um, up near Orangeville and he enjoyed his, his evening, his evening tipple, I guess you'd call it, um, several drinks. And, um, you know, I never seemed to notice he wasn't a problematic drinker by any stretch. Um, but then, uh, this would have been around 2015, um, I found out he had liver liver disease, um, and you know I didn't know much about it at the time. And, and I of course visited him in the hospital, and he explained that he was on a wait list uh, because the first thing that came to my mind was you know he should should he not get a a liver transplant? Um, and then he told me he's waiting uh, just in the hospital. And then you know I, he as as you as you mentioned earlier on the program, it's six months for the wait, and he. He was two months into that, and then he, he passed away, and it was it was really difficult. Um, I think it's difficult because you know, with certain diseases, you, you know, the doctors are and the health system is doing everything it can to, to help these individuals. But with this policy in particular, they kind of just leave them there and you know say wait six months, and then we will reassess whether we can help you or not. So yeah. very difficult to stomach. Yeah, it, it is, and and I know that you have. I won't say that you're of two minds. I'll ask you, you to speak for yourself, obviously, on this. But I know you see both sides. 
of the of the issue. How did your family friend? Um, how did he feel about having to be on this program of total alcohol abstinence for six months before he could even get onto a list to be considered for a liver? Uh, he was he was the strong silent type. He 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 said it is what it is. You know he he had no he wasn't the type that was yelling at doctors or or expressing any frustration with the policy. He just said six months I'll do it. Um, you know I went in I talked to him. Uh, just, I mean, I went in as a visit uh, just to, to hang out with him, and he said, you know, I'm not drinking anymore. And I, I, I looked at him. I said, yeah, I, and I know him, and I know when he said, I know when he said it. He's not, I, I believed him, and I, you know, he, I, I, he, he didn't seem to have an issue with the policy. I think he just said, I'm going to get through the six months, and then ho- hopefully get the transplant. Did he die uh, because of the liver issues? Uh, complications, I think. They're, uh, I'm not. I'm not actually aware of the exact causes of, of death, but I, I mean, he had liver disease, and um, I know that that certainly contributed to his death. Nick, was there? Do you know if there was any uh, any investigation or any consideration being given to moving him into the liver transplantation program directly, when his life became a challenge and, and endangered by the by his illness? Was that ever considered? Do you know? I, it all. I, I know. I know it all happened very quickly. Like it was just all. You know, it, one day he was. I mean, stable. I guess you'd say. And then the next day it was. It was a crisis. And I don't think at that point it was. Let's rush to get him a liver transplant. I think it's more. Let's keep him alive. And then you know, obviously he he passed away. Um, but I, but I I do know. Like I know his his family was, you know, investigating, seeing if they can, could speed up the process. I mean, who would, as I get, I, I would do the same if it was, if it was my father. Um, but I, I don't think the option was there. I think the policy was pretty firm in place at that time. Mm-hmm. As I said, I think it was around 2015. Um, so, I, I mean, actually, as you were saying earlier, this, this new pilot program, I think it's a, it's, it's a good thing. I think it's a, a step in the right direction. So as you're, uh, as you're relating this story, as you're sharing this with us, uh, and, uh, and, and you're verbalizing what happened and revisiting what took place uh, five or six years ago. How's it making you feel? Um, yeah, as you and I discussed uh, in the pre-interview, I, I am of two minds about this because I, I do work in healthcare communications, and I, I absolutely see both sides of the argument. Um, you know, I, I, want, I want this individual to be alive. I, I, I really enjoyed his company, and I, I'd like to be you know, watching hockey with him again, maybe not the game tomorrow, but I, I'd like to be watching hockey with him again um, and just and just hanging out. And I think it's, it's difficult for me once again to think that, you know, you, he's just sitting there in the hospital and the doctors aren't doing anything. I think that's just that's just a challenging notion when you live in Canada because you're like, well, they're sick. I mean, the health, the health system should be helping them. Um, but, but I'm also, as I said, I'm of, I'm of two minds in the sense that I understand. I mean, like if it, if it came down to give a liver to him or give a liver to a child who, who had a liver disease because of a, a hereditary condition, like that's, that's a, it's a tough, tough argument to make for, for the older individual who, who has liver disease because of their, their alcohol use. So I, it, it's tough for me. Like I think at the time I absolutely could have said, I would have said selfishly, like, I want to keep this man alive, just give him a liver. But uh, after five years of reflection, you, you, you start to see both sides of the argument. What's also interesting, uh, Nick, is that the uh, people I've uh, spoken to about this, and I've talked to a few people over the, uh, over, the, over the week, 
and exchange some emails as well. And people have, in my experience over the last few days, had very strong and very uh, uncompromising views. Either they're 100% on side with a six-month wait period being mandatory for someone who has an alcohol addiction in order to get a liver because they're, they're a scarce quantity and uh, quantity, and it's a very complicated and expensive procedure, and, and it's a matter of literally a matter of life and death, so who should get it? And, and some people are saying, look, there's no room for, for making this kind of uh, uh, qualifier, to put a qualifier in place that requires you to be off alcohol for six months. You take care of people as they're required to be taken care of. Other people say very, very forcefully, no, it's absolutely the right way to go. There should be a six-month period. Some people are saying longer than six months in order to be sure that the person has actually broken through the, the addiction. Why don't we see what's, uh, what's being said about, about this issue from our callers? And we'll start with uh, Ian in Langley, British Columbia. How are you, Ian? I'm good, thanks. Appreciate your call, sir. Go ahead, please. Do you have an experience uh, with organ transplantation? Yes, I had my I had diabetes from a very early age. Uh, my kidney failed in uh, 2004, 2005. Uh, I received that through my uh, sister, sibling. Uh, I then needed to get off of cigarettes in order to get a pancreas. So the pancreas gets rid of uh, diabetes pretty well, the insulin, but it allows the kidney to carry on and uh, keep you alive. The smoking is, defeats both of those. It kills your kidney. It kills your pancreas. So they, they just don't allow it for two years. So once you're clear from smoking for two years, you'll be allowed a, a transplant operation. Have you had one or both of the transplant operations? Two. One was both. in 2006 and one was in 2008. So how did it feel to wait two years? Were you motivated to, to wait the two years? Were you, was everything, you know, did you, have your, did you have your eye on the goal? Yes, definitely. I, you need, once you've done insulin for almost 30 years, you know, you inject insulin uh, up to four times a day by the end. Uh, you're testing your fingers eight times a day with test strips. Mm-hmm. Um, you get constant low blood sugars. Uh, you have to worry about driving. If your gotcha. blood sugar is below a certain level, you're legally impaired. Yeah. Uh, so the motivation to get rid of diabetes is, is very high. So two questions here, part A and part B. How has life improved since you've had both organs? And B, what do you think of putting people on? I think I know what your answer is going to be. But what is your thinking about having people mandatorily wait six months to be put on, on a liver transplantation list if they have a drinking issue, alcohol issue? Well, the... Uh First of all, life is incredible right now. Uh, first thing I did was get out and had a banana split. That made me kind of sick. <laughs> the, uh, but now I can eat anything. I still avoid sweets. They just right. don't taste good anymore. But life is great. Uh, life is great. The kidney, when you're down that far in the kidney and you're yeah. getting sick every day, it's coming out both ends and you're dying. You will do just about anything. Do you think it's fair that it's appropriate to have people forcibly um, abstain from, and be tested for this, abstain from alcohol for six months before they put on a list for a liver transplantation. Is that right? Is that fair? I know it's incredibly tough. It's horrible government drugs, but yes, you need to. Somebody is going to okay. lose their, their, their daughter, their brother, whatever, their father, and they don't Enjoy, want to give you Ian, an organ that Ian, you're going to kill with alcohol. Ian, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Enjoy your life, sir. 
That's quite a call, ain't it? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? Rick? Yeah, no, it's quite a call to hear that. It is, and uh, really, really good to hear that that gentleman, you know, is, is thriving now uh, that he's had the transplants. Um, I mean, this goes back to what I was saying. I mean, and, you know, I, I still wish my my family friend had received the transplant because I think he'd be thriving as well. Right. Um, but you know, with with the list, I mean, yeah, just so much to consider, and and you need to think about not just the person who who you love, but also the person who that liver is being potentially taken away from, uh, which in this case usually would be a younger person. Uh, Pat is in Saskatoon. How are you, Pat? I'm fine, thank you. What's your experience with organ transplantation? Well, I was a dialysis nurse at one point, so I saw the people on the dialysis, but I also saw people that were able to get a cadaver kidney, and some of them just did not want to change their lifestyle to look after that kidney. We had two fellows that barely got out of the hospital, went to a little town bar and came back so drunk they could hardly walk. And all of us analysis unit were just disgusted thinking, what a waste of those two kidneys because they're not going to last long. That would be very discouraging, extremely discouraging. So I, I take it that you are in favor, or I shouldn't jump to any conclusions. Are you in favor of a, an enforced period of abstinence in order to qualify for an organ? Absolutely. And because enough people do not sign their donor cards, the organs are few and far between to begin with. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I'm so glad because I would have forgotten, and it's really important. Sign the donor card. Sign the donor card. And Pat- tell your family. Tell your family. Yeah, for sure. Pat, thank you very much for the call, and thanks for what you do. Thank you. Bye. Nick, final word from you uh, quickly, please. Um, yeah, and I, I assume you're going to touch on it. Um, I would encourage everyone to, to sign up to, to donate their organs. You know, even if you don't think your organs are in good shape, let the health system decide that and, and make sure you donate them because you could be saving a life. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.